Welcome to The Edge. Grab a beer or a glass of bourbon. We'll have one. And join us as we discuss the latest developments in tech. Discover the stories behind some of the greatest innovations in our industry. Find out what trends you need to stay on top of and gain valuable wisdom that you can take back to your own business. Have your drink? Good. Let's dive in. Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Copus Edge. Today we have with us two guests who both have experience in the IoT world. For all of you non-techies, IoT stands for Internet of Things, which we'll dive into more deeply here today. First up, I would like to introduce Ralph Heredia, co-founder of Zip It Wireless. Ralph's entrepreneurial journey into the world of IoT has been one of tenacity and challenges, which he'll share more about here today. Our second guest here to chat with Ralph is our very own Adam Drews, who is the general manager of our ERP division here at Copus. Adam has had hands-on experience with IoT through our Copus partnership with Zippert Wireless. Adam, Ralph, thank you for joining us today. So just to dive into things, can you each talk a little bit about your own experience in IoT and how you both came to work in that field? With our sister company, Vigilix, uh, we've deployed and developed you know, uh, a number. It's, a, it's an agent-based remote monitoring uh, technology. And over the years, we've basically developed uh, a, a niche in the market of dis- this distributed agent technology, and it now gathers data across uh, tens of thousands of agents, sending it back up into, into our system. And so that, for me, that was a... Um, kind of an adjacent space uh, that I, I was exposed to um, within uh, within Copus at, at our, at our other company, um, but then more recently, our our partnership uh, with, with Zipit, uh, specifically uh, leveraging AWS and uh, their platform, um, brought us a lot closer and, and really got us uh, diving into um, this technology a lot more. From my perspective, uh, I seem like I've always been in IoT, right? Even before people started calling it IoT, I spent 14 years working with AT&T, you know, in the computer division, and that's how I got to South Carolina. And subsequently, have started multiple companies, spun out, got acquired, you know, did the entrepreneur thing, but have always focused on connected devices, and that's actually how we started uh, Zipit. Um, we uh, launched our first product in 2004. It was a Wi-Fi messaging device for kids. Um, The first thing we did was we built this infrastructure that's running on a cloud, uh, uh, what today people call cloud, but it was really for managing those devices, messaging those devices, and really, you know, configuration and control. And that led to a lot of the technology that is applicable to IoT that we provide to OEMs. And and collaborate on, on OEM projects with companies like Copus and, and other companies we worked with. So Ralph, tell us a little bit more about Zipit Wireless and what led you to start the company. Okay, so, so Zipit is a software services company that focuses exclusively on IoT. We, uh, as I indicated earlier, we launched our first product in 2004. It was the software technologies for managing that Wi-Fi messaging device that we've evolved. So the DNA has evolved into a bunch of services that are used in OEM products that are all related to IoT. Um, those services include things like provisioning to the cloud, taking a device and connecting it uh, with a back-end ecosystem like an AWS IoT, uh, connectivity to a cellular network, 
um, through the extensive relationships we have with companies like AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, Vodafone, and a whole bunch of other worldwide carriers. Um, the ability to monetize the subscription services through, uh, you know, billing platforms that we've developed to allow people to, to get recurring revenue, right? And then the final thing, uh, software technology is really based on, again, back to the managing of devices, but being able to provide uh, customer support tools and business intelligence to be able to understand exactly the type of data that's coming from these connected devices. And so we're, uh, we're a company, we work with OEMs, and, and um, we're a software services company providing you know, a platform specifically for IoT. I, I've seen where people have actually just struggled to understand even just what IoT is. Can you explain maybe not just the, the you know, the, the, the dictionary definition, but some examples and, and, and maybe uh, enlighten some folks? Yeah, absolutely. That's a question I get a lot. And, and over the years, it was difficult to explain IoT um, because it's not just about a device or it's not just about the cloud or the software, you know, connecting the two. It, it, there's, there's a lot behind it, right? So to me, the way I define IoT, it's, it's the internet enablement of everything, right? Uh, pretty simple. Uh, it's not just about connectivity. It's not just about, you know, like I said, the software that's running on the device, but it's really more about the additional value that you bring to a product and service. And think about all the possibilities of what if, what can be done. And so to, uh, I went on a conference one time and somebody asked, or somebody tried to define IoT in the audience. I thought it was the best definition of IoT that I've heard. And so think of a dryer. You know, 15 years ago, we got a dryer and you put your wet clothes in it, you turn on the dryer, and then what happens is uh, um, it beeps when it's done, 45 minutes or so later, right? You open it out the door and the clothes are still wet, right? Or they're too dry and they shrunk, right, as an example. Um, then comes the connected dryer, the dryer that sends you a text message and tells you drying is done. You still set it for 45 minutes and, and the dryer you know, now alerts you and tells you that it's done, right? Um, but an IoT-enabled dryer is a dryer that can use analytics and tools and sensors inside it and can tell what kind of clothes you, know, you put in there, can automatically look up on the internet and get the data that says, oh, for polyester, I should dry it like this in warm settings, and automatically adjust the settings because it's already figuring out the humidity level inside the dryer, so how much moisture and, and water. To me, IoT is that ver the last version of the dryer where it's using business analytics, it's using cloud connectivity, it's trying to, 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 to do predictive things on it to add a lot more value than just drying your clothes, right? So instead of it taking 45 minutes, it happened in 15 minutes, used less energy and all that other stuff, that's IoT. That's an IoT-enabled dryer. And because it's connected, it's essentially crowdsourcing the learning of all of that. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, right? And, and providing a lot more value than just, I'm drying your clothes. So Ralph, Greenville's reputation as a tech hub is growing, uh, but it may not have always been like that. What was it like when you first started Zipit, uh, but why did, and why did you choose Greenville to, uh, to build as a place to build your business? Yeah, that's a good question. And you know, I think the way I would answer that question is Greenville's home, right? Been here 25 years, 26, something like that. Um, I, I got transferred down here when I worked for AT&T. And uh, 
I didn't want to move. It's a great place to live. It's absolutely fantastic. You know, it is. It has such a cool vibe um, that I think that attracts a certain, you know, type of personality, right? Somebody that that loves to be here, wants to be part of this thing, wants to make things happen, right? Um, 25 years ago, it wasn't anything like that, right? Um, but at the same time, my my uh, thought was, well, why not Greenville? Why would you have to move to Raleigh to start a software company? Why would you have to move to Silicon Valley, you know, to do that? You don't have to, especially now. And that's the whole point, right? You know, with, uh, with software, uh, which is one of the big components of IoT, right? It's all software. Software in the cloud, software in the device, connectivity, um, uh, but it's still primarily software, uh, that you can do that anywhere. So what we've seen is the uh, evolution of Greenville to a, a magnet to talent, right? And that magnet brings with it not just out-of-box thinking, right? But what's happening in other ecosystems across the country, so there are people from New York that are moving down, there are people from the Bay Area that are moving in, from Indiana that are moving down. What's happening over there, they're gonna try to replicate some of that over here, right? And so you get this this great recipe, you know, in Greenville for something like this, and, and what we're seeing now is a direct result of that, okay? Um, and, and then you take that, combine that with IoT where anything is possible, and you have a great recipe for success. And by nature, it's distributed. Okay. And, and it's a great place to live, absolutely. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've seen over the, the, you know, over the course of the last you know, 10 years or so is we've been getting cheaper and cheaper to do this, right? We, it's, it's a... On one hand, it's never been easier to do uh, an I, a connected device, but at the same time, we are. It's never been more complex. The the risks of data breaches, the the number of services that are maybe required in this in this constellation. Um, what are you seeing companies actually struggle with um, when when they're when they're going through this process? So. That all depends, right? So if you look at it from a device perspective, the companies that are traditionally device makers, they're used to going to Asia or wherever, manufacture a product, bring, bring it to the U.S., sell it, and um, you know, sell it to a consumer through retail. I'm you know, assuming just a retail model, for example. Um, and, and that's about as far as they take it. They don't know where the, where the device is being used. Take a camera, right? An outdoor trail camera, for example. They don't know where that camera is being used, how it's being used, how many photos have been taken, you know, what kind of battery life they're getting because they don't have that insight. So now they have to have a lot more intelligence on the back end to be able to extract that from the camera so they can understand and look at these patterns and determine how to make a better camera, right? But then the other problem is, is that now you think about it, you take a camera that takes a thousand pictures on a monthly basis and um, the challenge is it's not the 10,000 cameras that are each taking a thousand pictures, it's when you get to 100,000 cameras and each one of them has taken a thousand pictures and now you're managing a database of all these pictures in the cloud environment and how you, you know, operate an infrastructure to be able to support so that way you still have a great experience with that camera. It's all about the camera because that's what you buy. 
but now it's the whole back end, it's the whole ecosystem. And so these device manufacturers now have to learn about cloud connectivity and you know databases and infrastructure to be able to, to, to evolve that connected device. In addition to that, they have the challenges of how do they connect it, right? Is it Wi-Fi, is it cellular? And so now they have to have experience in, in you know, uh, things like FCC and PTCRB and other certifications that are required, just like people who make cell phones, right? The Apples of the world and the Samsungs of the world. You know, these companies that are building these devices now have to have wireless expertise, cloud expertise, and sophisticated software to be able to handle that. And that's part of the thing that you're talking about, right? Is that, you know, it's become much more complex as a result of IoT. You know, it's fantastic with all the capabilities of what it brings, because it's not just about a device anymore, and there's value that people are willing to pay for, but it's significantly much more complex to bring a you know, product like that to market. Right, yeah, I, I look at it kind of similarly to the, the, the world and AI, right? You know, it used to be that to get your first transaction, their, your first answer, you know, your hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of sunk cost, but, and, and similarly here, right? It's, you know, to get your first test instance of anything, you know, you can use all the tools in the world that AWS has or Azure has. Um, you can use some of these consumer devices, or consumer parts to, to, to but to, to orchestrate a, a total product and bring it to market, still complex, right? I mean, correct. So bringing a product to market, what, how does somebody have to change, what, what's the, the change in thinking because there's more value than, like you said, uh, all these uh, parts to this it, this orchestration of a of a product that's connected. Uh, the the user experience is different. The um, the value that it brings to the OEM is different. Uh, can you talk about how there's a mindset change for for this value prop? Yeah, let's start off with where that change is coming from, right? I mean. Um, so it's pretty common to see the average teenager or young adult walking around with a smartphone that they've been using for the better part of five to ten years now, right? So the expectation of, you know, what is a connected device? How do I use a connected device? It's no longer about just the device. It's about the apps on that smartphone, right? Is how that's evolved, right? How easy it is to, to, to connect with your friends and connect with data and, and, and look at things, you know, share things, right? That expectation, you know, drives an OEM that's gonna bring a product to market, you know, in a certain way, right? So they have a higher expectation on the product that they're gonna buy. It's no longer about the camera, again, and just the basic camera that takes pictures on an SD card. I want those pictures coming to me. In addition to those pictures, I wanna know more about those pictures. If it's an outdoor trail camera, they wanna know about what's the weather like when they took that picture, what's the, uh, you know, what's the pattern of the wind coming in, right? Uh, because I bought that camera for a particular reason. Um, I have a camera in front of my house. I, I wanna capture not just the animals that are walking by at night, but I wanna capture a person. If it captures a person, it won't, I wanna be alerted, you know, to that. It's different, it's no longer, you know, a squirrel or a deer or anything like that. I, you know, there's something else going on. I'm using the camera for a different reason, right? So expectations are a lot higher, right, from the consumer that are gonna buy these products. And so that's the first challenge. It used to be that the OEM would say, okay, I'm gonna add connectivity for the sake of connectivity, you know, let's take a connected refrigerator, right? 
and and uh, not to pick on any local company doing refrigerators or anything like that, but the expectation was, well, maybe I can sell you some some uh, filters, right? Now the reality is most people are going to go to Amazon and buy the filter directly anyway, right? But I want to be notified when it's time for me to change my filter, right? Um, the company that's going to produce the filter is the same company, hopefully, that produced the refrigerator in the first place, so they're still going to get that revenue somehow, but um, they're not going to get it direct from the end from you know the end user and the and the supplier right there's, there's a supply chain that comes in, a, in into play right but the expectation from the consumer is I want to get that data I want to get those alerts I want to get that notification and and that's the value that I need you know yes you're gonna connect my product right and I'll buy a connected product as long as there's additional value proposition on that so again back to you know where's the man, the demand coming from I think it comes from the consumer it's it you know our whole thought process of how and why things need to be connected has evolved significantly, especially driven by, you know, the smartphone and, and what's happened in, in that market. What about then on the manufacturing side? I mean, the, the data that they can capture uh, just overall, not sure. necessarily, you know, there's obviously data privacy uh, concerns that they have to think through, but, you know, even just usage of the, of the product, they can you know, evolving how uh, maybe it's quality, it could be product innovation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? So so think about the data. Um, this is what I call business intelligence, right? And we really focus on, on extracting that value, right? Um, connectivity brings to a product the ability to get insights that you don't have. If, if, if I sold, let's go back to that camera. If I sold a camera that was a not connected camera, I wouldn't know how that camera is used, when it's used, where it's used, how many times it's used, how many pictures it's taken. I wouldn't know anything, right? Unless you called me to tell me that you bought a camera, you had problems with it, I wouldn't even know that you actually owned one, right? And so how many users of the cameras do you have? How many cameras per person? You don't have any of that insight, right? Well, connectivity allows me now to understand who are my users, right? Where are they using these cameras? That opens up new markets. Are they using it only for tracking deer, or are they using it now for other markets like surveillance, or are they using it, you know, to 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 monitor other things, right? And and that's something that I didn't know. Do I need to be selling cameras in a different store because now that opens up a whole new market segment for me, right? There, there's a bunch of analytics that that could be obtained that are still sensitive to the privacy aspect, right? I'm not looking at every one of those pictures, so to speak, right, and seeing what's in there. Uh, you can address those things. Those pictures should be encrypted or the camera communication should be encrypted so you don't deal with the hacking thing that you talked about earlier. But there's a lot of opportunity to add connectivity that brings value that allows me to now know more about, you know, who's buying my product. And ultimately value to the consumer. Absolutely. So given that, what, what are you seeing that are trends? What, what's going on currently and what do you, you think is going to happen over the maybe next five or even ten years out? Yeah, over the, over the past year or so as more people are bringing connected products to, to market what's happened is there's been a, a whole momentum um, underway to bring new technologies especially in the areas of connectivity right so low-cost cloud-based computing you know uh, Amazon Microsoft Google they've nailed it right it's much cheaper to actually set up a cloud infrastructure than it is to set up your own data center you know that's that's a fact right um, but the connectivity portion is really where we're going to see a lot of change. Um, things like um, low-cost cellular technologies, $5 chipsets, cellular chipsets, NB-IoT, 
uh, that are specifically for IoT, narrowband, um, uh, CAT-M technologies, which are you know uh, also another uh, cost-effective cellular technology that could be used to give you know a 10-year battery life on a connected product, for example, right? Uh, as well as uh, the next wave of 5G, um, you know, the, the fifth generation network, right, that brings not only extremely fast speeds, low latencies, but the ability to really enable things like smart cities, smart cars, you know, car to infrastructure communication that requires, you know, fast access, fast connectivity, low latency um, for the things that they do. That's what's happening and, and happening nationally and even happening at the local level as well. So ultimately, we're getting more types of products that essentially cover more scenarios uh, more granularly. Correct. You know, all the way from the dripping data up into the cloud to just heavy hitting, you know, intensive, low latency scenarios. Correct. Uh, now, so all that's happening across the globe, big companies, but what about here? What, what's going on here in, in Greenville in the IoT space? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing at the micro level what's happening at the macro level, right? So nationally, 5G is coming out. You see the, the large carriers um, all announcing 5G trials across the country. But even at CES this year, Sprint, for example, listed and announced Greenville as one of the cities that are going to be deploying their first 5G networks, right? So they're doing that in Atlanta, and we're a couple hours away from Atlanta, and they, they selected Greenville as well, right? That's in addition to what Verizon's doing, what AT&T's doing as well. But you see at the local level, you know, we're now rising up to be one of the first deployments of 5G as an example, right? And that's exciting. The, the other thing that we see in Greenville uh, that I've seen in the last, you know, 20 something years that I've been here is there's a lot of software companies, right, that have all evolved and, and uh, started and incubated and everything else as a result of clearly the next and all the other innovation centers and things that we've put in place to, to start that, but um, people moving into the area. And, and what we're seeing as a result of that are companies collaborating with com companies, right, on projects. And, you know, a good example is what Zipit and Copas are doing, right? Great example, right? Especially as it relates to IoT. New markets, new opportunities, uh, collaborating. Uh, but we're also seeing things like, you know, the, 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 the meetups that are happening, happening at night, right, where you get a bunch of software developers from different companies to, to focus on a particular project, and the next minute you have a connected trolley. So now the trolley is being tracked up and down Greenville as a result of a collaboration of half a dozen software, you know, hackers, you know, people that, that do that for a living, but thought it'd be cool to actually do that and, and think about what's happened there. Right? So there's other things in, in Greenville that are happening as a result of that. And I think it's a perfect example of how the tooling is enabling that such a quick to market, I mean, I mean not to belittle the, the amount of work that they've put in because they, they certainly put in a good bit of effort to get the trolley connected but could we imagine that 20 years ago to, to be able to you know 10 of us uh, outside of work being able to do do a connected trolley I mean that, that that's tough yeah I mean you didn't have the infrastructure to be able to do that right the, the wireless connectivity you didn't have the mindset you didn't have the ability to create an app and put it in the cloud and send notifications 
low-cost you know SMS messages to somebody saying hey you're the trolley's right around the corner from you things like that uh, GPS positioning didn't exist 20 years ago 25 years maybe it did but not for the applications that we have today you know so yeah it, it's about a timing we're at the right time at the inflection point with everything happening at the same time and that's what's enabled us to do that and it's exciting yes absolutely but you know think about how easy now literally it is to build an app for an iphone compared to what it was you know 20 years ago uh when there wasn't an iphone you know what did you build an app for a pc that wouldn't work if you're trying to track dial a trolley is there anything that you're currently working on that you're really excited about and are ready to share with us even yeah, those are one of those uh, answers or questions that I ask. You know, if I tell you, I'd have to kill you, but I'm not <laughs> going to do that. So. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we're working on a lot of things, right? And in terms of what we're seeing in terms of trends, for example, right, that there's a lot. It's about tracking and monitoring, right? So we're going back to the basics of what we did early on at Zipit where we built this infrastructure to, to monitor and manage these devices, now we're seeing people put that inside applications, whether they're low-cost tracking you know, devices for asset tracking, tracking kids, tracking dogs, you know, things like that, right? Or you're seeing um, you know, tracking cop cars as a result of you know, being able to notify something with you know, the, the project we worked on with uh, Pursuit Alert, for example, right? Um, so tracking and monitoring are things that are coming in in, in, in all aspects and in, in all facets of, of uh, applications that we're seeing. And, and, and um, you know, I, I think that's what I would say is we're working on a lot of applications in, in that area. What's your long-term vision for, for Zippa? Is there anything separate from, from what you see as helping companies uh, bring connected devices and connected products to market? 15 years ago or so, when we first came up with the Zippet product, we knew that the technology that we were building is applicable to anything. What we didn't know was what are those anything applications, right? We didn't know where they could be, where they would lead us, right? We were thinking of, of a single device. Um, what excites me about what we're involved with is with our carrier relationships, um, the applications that are coming in, you know, the, the opportunities that we're working on, um, I think we're still just scratching the surface in this area, right, in, in IoT. So long term, how do we become, you know, a key part of the 50 billion devices that are coming in IoT? That's what, you know, I'm looking at. How do we make sure we don't miss a particular beat with what's happening in networking, what's happening in in you know cloud technologies and and collaboration with partners and who are the partners that are available that's the stuff that i i see us continuing to expand you know um to be part of this smart city evolution and smart car evolution and everything else awesome well ralph adam that was a very interesting conversation thank you both so much for being on the podcast today um, now, if our listeners have any interest in getting in touch with you or learning more about Zipit Wireless or about Copus, um, how can they reach you? And Ralph, why don't you start? Yeah, pretty easy. www.zipitwireless.com. And, and Adam, what about you? Same here, copususa.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks again for being on the podcast today. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on The Edge. If you want to keep in touch, or if you have any topics you'd like us to cover on the podcast, please reach out to us online 
You can contact us through our website at copususa.com or by searching for Copus on Facebook. We'll see you next time.